Hi, my name is Jan de Bond. I'm the director of this movie, and uh, I would like to talk about it a little bit. This very first shot you're looking at is is an amazing miniature. There's a lot of miniatures in my movie, and this one is really unique. It's about uh, it was about 30 to 35 feet long, actually. And what I wanted to see and do to for the audience right at the beginning of the movie, give them an idea how tall those skyscrapers really are. It's 43, 40 stories high and how it would feel if you had to go all the way to the bottom or would fall to the bottom for that matter. And this, this, the way we did it is we had this incredible elaborate uh, miniature that we had to lay horizontally because obviously you know, we could do it in real uh, vertically because no camera could move that far. And I had designed this so that each time that we went by a floor that we would come have titles come on, you know, main title, actors, etc., etc. And at the very end of the, of the shot, at the very bottom, I would introduce the very first character of the movie, which is, of course, Dennis Hopper. Something else I did with this, with this, this first shot, actually, is, is this introduction of the music. Mark Mancina, who composed the, the, the score, which he, I think, did a fantastic job on, this is kind of a little bit like a prologue, a musical prologue. All the themes in the movie, every single one, is represented in this first first shot. I mean, all the, the slow ones, the tension, the moody pieces, the drama, the, t uh, the, the, the suspense, everything is there. And I think it did a fantastic job. I always wanted to do that. I mean, in, in the old movies, those old big epic movies, they always started with a musical prologue, and very few people have done that uh, recently. And I, I really was looking forward to try this out. I mean, the, of course, the, the, the interior of this, this elevator shaft is it's a direct copy of, of the real, a real elevator shaft in one of the buildings downtown. So every time the, the title comes on, they appear from behind the beam, which was actually quite difficult even to, to create those titles, which are also digitally created. I mean, the effect, I mean, the, 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 the shot itself is a miniature, but the titles are uh, digital. Ian Bryce, producer, great John. And Graham Yost, the writer. See, this is still miniature. I wanted to do actually help. I wanted to even continue with the guy coming in in the miniature, and as this was a very low-budget movie, this is where I had to make the first cut, and of course, here we cut to the real set now. I had made the decision for myself that after having filmed so many movies as a cinematographer, that I, you know, I felt like after all those years, that I always had to express somebody else's feeling onto the screen and somebody else's ideas, and and. And quite often, you know, when, when I work with the other directors, I felt like, oh my God, I would have done this different. I would have done it this way. I would have done it that way. And at one point, it became a frustration for me because I said, Jesus, he really does it wrong. And that scene will never end up in a movie like this. And, and quite often it didn't. And I said to myself, you know what? If that's what you really want and, and you're going to feel kind of, you know, unhappy doing this type of work, you really have to try to direct a movie and you have to try to make the decision for yourself that you really focus on directing and 
And that's what I decided to do. I think it was, I think Lethal Weapon might have been one of the last movies I think I did, or maybe Basic Instinct. I'm not quite sure anymore. And 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 I thought to myself, but it's also really key and very important, the very first project you pick, you know, because you only basically get one chance. You know, if you screw it up, you're it's going to be so tough. And you're going to be also kind of typecast right away anyway. So I needed to be something that I knew I could do, that I got really excited about, but not only that, that I could give a visual style that I would feel very comfortable with, that I would get very excited about. And I'm the first one to say that I like action movies. I like good action movies. Not every one, because there's a lot of bad ones, but I like, as a well done, they're really, you know, they're really entertaining and they're really exciting to watch. When Mark Gordon gave me this screenplay initially, and I started reading it, and I said, you know what, before you read it, I have to tell you it's about, it's about a boss. And I, and I said, I'm going to move about a bus, you know, that's going to be boring. But as I started reading it, I got millions of images in my head. And I got, like, instantly ideas for so many scenes and so many things that I wanted to change to the script that I said, this could be fantastic. The sound effects in this movie are quite unique. And... I'm going to a little bit later to talk a little bit more about it, especially when in the elevator scene a little bit later on. It's kind of amazing, the sound effects that we used. See, this kind of relief of, 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 of tension with something, humor, with some comedy, some humor, is, is something I've tried to do throughout the whole movie. And each time, because I knew that this movie was going to be some, so full of action that if I didn't release attention once in a while, or after almost every scene, you would be really, audience would be, would be exhausted. Again, introduction of the main character. Most movies, you know, you start, you know, when, when you, the lead character comes in, you start, people, no, in general, you start with showing close-ups of people as they enter a room or, or a door. But I wanted to have a little bit more spectacular introduction of Keanu's character. And that's why this shot in the car as it jumps over the camera, lands right in front of it and keeps going. It's like sets a little bit where, where his character stands for. His roughness, his like being different than the regular cop. Below floor 30. Bomb's already taken out cables. Bomber wants $3 million or he blows the emergency brakes. What's our clock? He gave one hour. That leaves us 23 minutes exactly. Anything else that'll keep this elevator from falling? I wanted to make this movie as real as possible, and and, and I don't mean that all those extras, the, the doubles, the, the the actors themselves, you know, they I wanted them to behave like real cops, and we had two squad people with me at all times on the set to really make sure that they even would walk right, you know, the way people behave with all that stuff on. This, they have a lot of equipment that they carry around, and how would they hold the guns, and how would they put their earphones, would they use the earphones at all? I mean, what kind of attitude do they have between each other? And, and that is really, really important. I wanted to make kind of real sense of how those guys work, and I think, uh, you know, in a way that our actors really had a lot of help from our cops on the set to really taught them a lot of things that they would have never made up them by themselves. And I think it's really cool to see the, how, how they would react. This, this stuff is exactly how they would do it. It's always one person covering the other person. The reason that I came up with this whole elevator scene, I started to say earlier, is that 
I w during the filming of Die Hard, I once myself got stuck in an elevator. I mean, it was at the at at the t actually at the building of the Fox Plaza building, and it was really eerie. We were sitting on the 40th floor, and and we waited for hours, and finally the fire department came, and took us out via the top, and we had to climb out and jump from one elevator to the other elevator. And that, that, that has stuck with me for, <laughs> for a very, very long time. That whole, it's, it, because it feels so incredibly claustrophobic in there. You know, all those people around you, cam it gets hot very quickly. It's very hard to, you know, to stay calm. I mean, if anybody would panic, it would instantly be chaotic. And this, it, this was a kind of a traumatic experience. And that whole feeling of claustrophobia, I thought this would be, you know, that would be like ideal for this type of, for this for, for my movie. I wanted to make sure that, that people could identify with it. And I heard, especially after the movie came out, that a lot of people were very worried going back into elevators. And but at the same time they all you know, they all you know, how many times I didn't hear in elevators, what but, what button did you push, uh, uh, Bob? That you know, I heard that like a million times. It's kind of funny to hear that people related so much to it and got so much in, into it. This part of the of this sequence is filmed actually on a stage. Now, obviously, we cannot put, we cannot f film in a real in a real elevator shed. That would be way too dangerous. That high up, so we build a set about three floors high, and 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 which is of course again the same copy as the very first shot, the the the, the uh, miniature. And most of the scenes that we did here, from everything you know, from here on, is is is. Is basically all in this particular uh, set in the studio. And we used a couple of opticals when you look straight down, you know, like some matte paintings, but not complex, no, no digital sets, no digital uh, computer enhancement. I don't recognize the work, but he's a pro. Oh, he's got close. I don't like it. What's to like? Max said we hold, so we hold. The whole idea of the pop quiz, which uh, I think is a really brilliant idea by the writers, that really plays a major part in the movie. Not only, uh, you know, is it a very funny, funny story that he's telling, but also Dennis Hopper uses it later. A lot of people, it, 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 it pays off in, in, in different sequences later on. Take her out of the equation. Go for the good wound and he can't get to the plane yet. Especially this part, he should he should uh, hostage, which is of course that will later happen to Jeff Daniels. This being my first movie, it's of course you know the, the first question everybody is always going to ask is like who are you going to have as a DP, and I really wanted Andre Bakoviak, who I really always you know really liked, and I like his style, his kind of gritty style, and he wasn't too slick, and he was really you know in my opinion the right cinematographer for this movie, and and. And I knew from the very start it would go well because the thing is that that is so fantastic. If you have been in the P yourself, you know all the problems. You know how long the setups would take, how long the lighting will take. So what happens quite often is that I was, it was actually very helpful for him that I, you know, that that I always knew how much time. When he said it takes two hours, I knew it was going to be two hours. And producers always wanted to go fast and fast, and I had quite often said, no, no, he really is going to need that. It's like absolutely necessary. No, 
the whole movie is basically shot handheld. I mean, not handheld in a rough way, but handheld like trying, you know, like like the camera happened to be there. I wanted to give it kind of a documentary look without being it, you know, like disruptive, shaking, shaky or so. But it wanted to be like this just happened. This could have happened, and people just happened to be there. And this is the way how it developed. I like this whole idea of always moving camera to create energy emotion and, and, and keep you as an audience very much involved in the movie. It's very funny to talk about Keanu for a second. He never wanted to be really in an action movie. And and to me, you know, for, for, for me to be successful, I had to make sure that I could convince him that being in an action movie could be fun. And the only way I could do that is that by letting him do as much stunts himself as possible, like this one, you know, hanging upside down on a cable is like really tough. But once you see how much fun you can have with it as well, and like he came up with several lines from himself, but most actors would say, I'm not gonna do this, you know, have somebody else do it. But you know, the, the reason this movie works so well is that you always sense it's the actors who are doing it. It's not like over the shoulders, it's not stunt doubles. I mean, of course, once in a while there are scenes like, you know, with the bus later underneath the bus that, that you have to use doubles. But in generally, I, I, what I was able to achieve with Keanu specifically is that I was, able to tell him and convince him that it could be fun to be in an action movie, that it could be fun to do stunts yourself, to do to be physically really, really involved in the movie. And 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 after a week or so of shooting and we started to do some of those scenes, he 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 really figured it out and he really started to really enjoy it. And of course in the moment that happens you have to be really careful because then they want to do everything themselves, which of course you cannot let them do it either. But it is like amazing difference how, how if you see if an actor enjoys it or if you just, you know, filling in the holes and and quite often and, and the stiff acting that you quite often see in action movies is because a lot of the actors are afraid of the action. They're just worried about it and they're afraid of doing something wrong if something might happen. This is a combination of a couple of miniature shots, real this is a, this is of course a set piece. This is on the gas and water building in downtown Los Angeles. It's a mixture of all kinds of different sets. We have miniature there, set, and, and, and location. I had the luck to work with some really amazing directors, you know, Dick Donner, John McTiernan, Paul Verhoeven, uh, Ridley Scott, and these are all directors who really know exactly what they want. They, they know what the film should look like and what it has to, what it has to represent and what the, what the power of the shot should be and, and the power of the lighting. There's nothing worse on the set than a director who doesn't know what he wants to do. And I knew that on my first movie, I had to give, you know, like a, a really sure feeling to the crew. You have to tell them exactly what you want. You, the more information you give them, the better they are. And if you, leave, if you don't tell what you want, or you don't know what you want, that's fine too, but then tell them, and then they can help you. And that's what I learned from, from those directors. When they, you know, they, of course, there's definitely moments that all those directors had problems with, like, how do we do this scene, how do we do that scene? And then you ask, you know, because that's why you hire your crew. That's why you hire the people you work with, the DPs, the art directors, production designers, the line producers, the effects coordinators, the stuntmen. That's why you need those people. And, and, and they all have amazing talents. And the, 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 I think the more you use those people, the better a director you are. You know, there's nothing, there's no way a director can do everything himself.
a lot of the sounds actually that's, that you hear in this sequence, which are you know are fantastic. Uh, Steve Flick did the sound design. It's our it's kind of animal sounds that are especially pigs and and that we use that are distorted, deformed, and and as as like almost like like the elevator is alive, like it's groaning. It's like it's like moving. It becomes like a character. Come on. Keanu really, you know, he was like, it was really hard for him to really, you know, put himself in, in, a, in, a, in a role that demands sometimes extreme reaction, you know, and he had difficulty with it. This is, by the way, that's a miniature shot, that's the same miniature. The, the thing at the end, that metal bar, that's a digital effect on top of the miniature. But he had sometimes trouble doing that, and like any actor would have, and that's one of the biggest achievements, I think, you know, and I'm really happy that it worked out, is that I really got him to really understand what action films are all about, is that you really have to go along with it. You have to believe what's going on in the set. You have to really throw yourself into it. You cannot hold back. And you have to also believe the director, you know, because quite often you have to go a little beyond what you would normally do in a, in a regular drama or comedy. You have to go to extremes that in a normal movie you would never do because it would look silly. But in scenes where there's so much tension and so much drama, if the reaction is too small, the audience is not going to see it. Also, in movies like this, because the rhythm is so fast, you wouldn't even have time to see a emotion take place on an actor's face. It has to be quite often much bigger and more extreme for it to come across in the two seconds or less that, that an actor has available. And if you get that trust between an actor and director, then it will be fine. But if you distrust the director and, and you keep thinking as an actor, oh my God, this is way too much. I would never do this in another movie. I feel embarrassed about it. It's going to look awful. It's going to look fake. It's going to look phony. It's going to look a lot more phony than the extreme reaction. And that is the bizarre part. It is, it's a different job, it's a different way of acting, and, and you have to be as good in that as in anything else. And Keanu, of course, is at his best, actually, if scenes like this, if you underplace it a little bit. It's just the emotional moment, the big moments, that's, you know, that's when he, when he really had to come forward. That's what, that was the hard part, but he did fantastic. As did Jeff Daniels, who I think is like a fantastic actor, you know, very underrated, you know, I think he's like absolutely brilliant and it's like it's a shame that he hasn't you know broken through there's some really amazing shots of his later in the movie especially when he realizes at the house later on that he's just setting off the alarm just a moment before it blows up it's like a fantastic shot see this is the, i'm talking the kind of fun stuff to do you can all the sound effects here they're really they're delicate but they're really really makes this whole set come alive and makes it really create helps create a lot of tension and suspense. So I let it go quieter, 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 then suddenly bam. So you really go down with your sound level dramatically to make the effect of the very first gunshot like so so loud that it almost shakes you back into reality. And it's like a really cool moment, I think, to really uh, work with sound like that, working using sound as a as a tension builder. Shit! 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 Oh, get your ass up. That whole thing was 
this was Dennis Hopper's favorite thing, you know. I told him, Dennis, you're going to have to pull him up. And, and, and we were arguing about what the best way would to be. And he came up with, like, can I put his, my fingers in his nose? They said, no, nah, I think that's going to look silly. But in the reality, when I tried it out, it's actually a very painful thing to do. So it made a lot of sense for him to do it. And it, it turned out really, really great. It's uh, really funny. Again, this is this is basic in the studio. Obviously, we couldn't really do it on a relocation, and it's always tricky with those effects because you know you hope that everything goes perfect, but you always have to be really careful because effects do tend to go wrong and mistakes are being made. So you really, I was really worried that you know sometimes the the elevator would go too high to the ceiling and it would possibly squash the person. That's that's the payback for the the pop quiz, and then actually another one will come a little bit later. The reason I, one of the reasons I casted Denner is because he he I needed a bad guy who was of course you know not only like well, like like you know somebody who really want to start hating right away, but also there's a, he has there's a vulnerable quality to him, and there's something that. Despite his his evilness, there's still something about it that you want to watch. That why why you know why is he doing this? Why what is what motivates this guy to do this? And that I think was the main reason for him. A lot of the, the operating in this movie I did myself because it was the only way for me to get even close to the actors to really see what they were doing because I always wanted to have a sense that the camera was really very direct and, and it was really right in the face. The flying shot that comes up in a second, which is where basically where 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 the door explodes. It's one of those scenes where we, you know, it's actually this is of was of course is way pre-matrix and and we were hanging on cables and flying through the air to smash into a rubber wall. And it's kind of really cool that we came up with those quite simple solutions for really difficult there it goes. And that you know, in those days, nobody was, you know, you only did it in really, really expensive, big-budget movies, and this was a relatively low-budget movie. So a lot of the, 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 the inventions we had to come up with were really, like, you know, very simple. And bravery, these next two offices affected the rescue of 13 citizens of this city. And thanks to them, the only life taken by the terrorist bomb was his own. You shot me. I can't believe it. Giving you a medal for shooting me, you little prick. I think that's a great little scene between the two of them. Actually, this set and this was actually in a real in a real city hall. That set has been used in so many movies, I, I, almost in every action movie or Law and Order or thriller. You see that that little 
that location. Way to go, Jack. Way to go. There we go. There we go. I love this dialogue in this scene too, although we had, so, you know, we had a lot of it was scripted. The actors and, 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 you know, after a lot of rehearsal, a lot of the dialogue was made up as we rehearsed the scene and as we so came a little fresher, a little looser, a little bit more like the way real people would talk. Okay, no, no, here it is, here it is. Here's to you guys for doing your job and for not getting dead. Muzzle talk. Muzzle talk. We are the two luckiest guys in the world. You know what? We got the bad guy and we didn't lose any civilians. The key reason that this scene is in the movie is basically is to set up the relationship between between Keanu's character, Jeff Daniels, and Joe Morton. It was very important, of course, that so for the audience to be able to like them better, to understand who and what they are and what they feel for each other, you have to have scenes that tell us a little bit about their relationship and how they what they feel about each other. And that's that's the main goal of the sequence. It's, it's actually in a movie that's for the rest full of action. This is, of course, the only slow scene in the whole, in the whole movie itself. And, but I think it's really necessary. You know, you cannot, scenes like this you have to keep in because you have to know what their characters are all about. And, and also get some humor in there. I'm going to go home, have some sex. <laughs> Eric, you're gonna go home and puke. Yeah, well, that'll be fun too. <laughs> Santa Monica bus. Yeah, this is like a whole, you know, this is like the buses. It's like a, when I read the script originally, and 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 and, and I found out obviously that that the lead character in the movie is a bus. I said, oh my god, you know, how can I? possibly make a bus look interesting? How can I possibly make a bus, a movie about a bus that is basically slow-moving vehicles that, you know, that stop and go, that, that takes forever to get to speed? How can I ever make that exciting? And how can I ever achieve that it has, you know, some, 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 some energy to it? And, and then I realized it starts with casting. And I had to cast the bus as much as I had to cast the actors. And looking at like millions of buses, and I, I decided that the Santa Monica bus, actually the old type, was the best looking one in a way that it felt like this bus has been around. It has been around for a long time, and 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 they look like just regular drive, regular people, not fancy, nothing special, you know. And 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 uh, when I, before I go on, this 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 particular scene where you see Keanu, we see the explosion of the bus. Actually, the way, to, if you looked at it carefully, is the explosion happens over his shoulder, and, and meaning that the, the, the shot, the camera's inside the building, follow Keanu around, and over his shoulder, his, the bus exploded, which is a very hard thing to achieve, because 
we only had one birthday blow up, of course. And and secondly, it's like, how do you get the timing right? That exactly, you know, as the moment he, as, as, as the moment he opens his car and, it, and turns away from the bus, it happens. And and it's a question of like, having using the the the, the right uh, the right special effects people and the right equipment and more importantly, you know, the timing. As a director, you're you're totally responsible for the timing. Is giving the, the the right cues in time. It's it's it was a daring thing to do to make it so dependent on an actor. But it was but if it works, it works fantastic. Now you really get a stand stand that that it happens at that particular moment. This is one of my favorite favorite things too is seeing action in reflection. I mean, and you see that quite regularly in the movie and is that, that instead of those big frontal close-ups of, of explosions, which are normally and generally quite boring, I always try to combine them with the actors, in this case with Dennis Hopper, with Keanu. Whatever happens, it's like it's always, you always get a sense that there's more in the shot than just a effect. It always is the actor, the character that's part of the effect, part of the scene. attention now, didn't I, Jack? Why didn't you just come after me? No, this is about me. This is about my money. This is about money due me, which I will collect. $3.7 million. It's my nest egg, Jack. At my age, you've got to think ahead. When I find you... Pop quiz, hot shot. Of course, this is the setup for the rest of the movie, this, this conversation here. And that's kind of, you know, this is basically where speed really starts. What do you do? What do you do? I'd want to know what bus it was. You think I'm going to tell you that? Yes. Ah, uh, very good. Kind of funny because it was really awkward to do this scene because we shot it in the middle of Main Street in Santa Monica, and and it's you know thank God I made sure that there's nobody in the bus itself because I didn't want to see that you know I didn't want to blow up any people. It's just you know wanted to make sure that that the setup would work for me and. But this, to see a bus explode on the mainstream and uh, main street in in, in 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 a city is kind of a hor horrific sight, actually. And this is where it really where the chase starts. I mean, and even his scar. I mean, Keanu's scar. That has to be also. You know, you have to cast all the things because it plays its big parts in the movie. You cannot just take any regular car. And this is our bus, the 2525. Again, casting Sandra was like the key thing in, in casting her was for me, would you believe that those people actually would take a bus? You know, the problem is there's a lot of actors. You know, it's like, and especially big famous stars, you know, they would never take a bus. They would drive limos. They would never, they probably have never seen an interior of a bus. And I needed to make sure that Every person was sitting in a bus, including Sandra, looked like or felt like it's this, this multiracial culture, represents that multiracial culture that is Los Angeles. And people that actually would go to their work in a bus, who really, you know, would, would take it on a daily basis. And so it's like a common thing. Oh, no, I live here. No, I mean mine. Oh, that's just funny. You heard me wrong. No, I'm sightseeing. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate to use the word tourist, but... It's not like I can hide it. Yeah, Alan Ruck is always like one of my favorite actors. He always makes me laugh, regardless of whatever he does. It's like, he's so funny, so talented. Just to get here from the airport, I got so lost. L.A. is one large place. 
This stuff is a gum. It's like that was Sandy's idea. It was a great idea to get to end that whole conversation. It's really cool. She's so talented. That girl is amazing. But again, she looks like, you know, the way she's dressed, the way her hair is. She looks like actually a person who drives that bus every day. This is actually filmed on a real freeway. Most of the of the sequence, the big chase sequence on, you know, which is the main part of the movie, was where I was lucky enough to find a freeway that was close to being finished in Los Angeles. And actually it starts right here. And and if that you know, and that the good thing about it is that of course that we had, you know, we could film it all day long. The bad part was, of course, that, that we had to fill up with our cars. So every car you see all the time on both sides of the freeway had to be production cars. And that was like a, a major choreography every time. Have the cars go back to one. And before, the reality is to move hundreds of cars every, for every take, back and forward, back and forward. The same in the bus too. Everything you see outside, these are, this is our freeway. This is like a movie freeway for that matter. And so all the cars there had to be brought in there, which was like a logistical nightmare actually. talk a little bit about, about the buses. I mean, you know, we figured out that to be able to do this movie right in the, in the amount of time that we had available, we needed a lot of buses, you know. We had figured out that we were going to need a total of 13. Some of the buses were like this for exteriors. Some of the buses were, were like this one where the camera's inside to be able to look out so that had lights inside. There were had sound people inside that filled, filled us on the window so the exterior wouldn't be overexposed. And then for the outside looking in, it had to be a different bus again. For, for, of course, we had buses for, for car crashes. We had buses for where, especially when the bus where Sandra drives herself, where the drivers, the stunt drivers are sitting on the roof and drive the bus on the top of the bus or in the back of the bus or in side seats on the bus so, so that we always could have the actors be inside and make it look like they were actually driving. In reality, they were never driving the bus. It was always a stunt drive on the top, at the bottom, at the front, low in the front, but always hidden for camera, of course. In this case, the drivers on the, the top of the bus that you can't see is out of reach of camera. But so all in all, we have, you know, we needed 13 different buses, which was, you know, initially when we told that to the studio, they thought they were absolutely out of our mind. But it was extremely helpful to have it because. We could use, you know, we could very quickly move from interior to exterior, to front to back, driver's position, front of the driver's position. And it was extremely, you know, even Bryce, the line producer, was extremely helpful in, 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 in convincing the studio this is the way we had to do. And actually, that's the only reason we ended up making the movie in time and on schedule. See, again, we could never have him drive the bus. That would be, you cannot act and be focusing on the same time. This is like a, a kind of a fun scene to me. It's like, you know, Keanu kind of kidnapping this, this Jaguar. And, you know, the, the thing is with, 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 with what I always think about, fun thing about action scenes is, you know, we all like to kind of destroy things, break things, especially when they are not ours, you know. And, and and it's even more fun if you if you destroy something that that is that is really expensive. And of course, I'm 
I had to pick a Jaguar too later so that when the door gets ripped off, it really hurts even a little bit more because people say, oh, wow, that is like really, you know, that's even more expensive. And even, well, the reality is, of course, it's not that big a deal, but it is, it is all little things add up. And it's like really cool to have this Jaguar's door being ripped, seeing being ripped up by, uh, by Keanu. Also, uh, talk about the actors inside the bus, all the extras. I mean, we have basically uh, all, almost all cultures represented in that bus. And I wanted to make sure we had that because, you know, looking at it many times, you know, traveling through LA, I, I know that's how, that's how that these are the type of people that would drive buses. He's very funny. He's great. So that's a kind of fun thing for actors to do. It's like drive fast. And of course, this is all really controlled. You know, he's not just driving. Uh, you know, like in this case, the stunt driver is driving this, the bus and somebody else is driving. It's always like done in a very safe way. <laughs> Actually, this shot, of course, is way over the top. That uh, you know, that little piece of paper, but it, it totally sells exactly what it's all about. And I think it's like sometimes you have to do those shots that you think, "Oh my God, this is ridiculous! It's so over the top, it's so on the nose," but it totally works. that's like all the little characters in that old bus and all those beautiful old handles it's like it's like you know it's like a it's like a person it's like lived in has life harry harry it's jack <coughs> you better not be calling in sick because i dragged my ass out of harry he's alive what the bomber, he's back. He hit one in Venice. Also, a brilliant actor, underrated, not used often enough, I think. Where do you think? I gotta get on that bus. You gotta get him. Yeah, yeah, you get on the bus. Drive straight. Stay in this lane. Again, as you can see, you know this whole sig, this whole chase sequence. The camera is always moving along. It's a, it's, it is amazing how we were able to do that and and it's a very big reason that we had to do that as well like this is the fun the shot i'm talking about with that door which i think is a really created a big laugh in the audience the reason that we had to you know we had to keep the camera moving is is i wanted to keep the energy going in this movie non-stop i didn't want to ever let it to for it to let down because the moment that would happen i think it would take you out of the movie and so wherever shot we have even all the shots in the bus the camera is kind of hanging on on, on bungee cords to create some motion this is done from the back of the inside of the cars this is from of course that's handled inside that's this is actually keanu himself who jumped Of course, that driver wasn't uh, the actor. That was a stunt driver for that particular stunt. 
guy's out of his mind. Basically, you know, that all the stunts in that movie, it's like they all seem, sometimes they seem big and over the top, but in, rea in, in reality is that I didn't want to do any stunt that I couldn't do myself. And the reason I I did it is that, and I tried out every stunt a little bit myself, is that I felt like the audience should be able to ad to ad identify with it. If they get too big, if they get they get so extreme, then nobody would believe it anymore. And so that, that whole thing of jumping from one car to the other seems really dangerous, but in reality it's real simple because you're both going the same speed. And of course you shouldn't miss, but we had Kian, of course, wired off for safety that even if he was misstep, he would be pulled into the bus instantly. Look, I'm putting my gun away, okay? Okay? Now listen. I don't care about your crime. Whatever you did, I'm sure that you're sorry. So it's cool now. It's over. I'm not a cop right now. See? We're just two cool guys just hanging out. Actually, this scene, you know, was a little different in, uh, in, in, in the original, my original cut of the movie. I had, I had this character introduced before so that him pulling the gun doesn't came out of nowhere. And the reason that we had a scene in there before where he shows a gun to, to, uh, to somebody in the bus next to him is that at the time we were moving, making this movie, I mean, gang incidents and gang-related uh, shooting was, was rampant in Los Angeles. And actually, the area of town where we were filming the sequence, and most of the sequences, I mean, we could hear distant gunfire on a very regular basis. So it felt real. It was not an element in there that really could happen at that particular time in Los Angeles. There is a bomb on this bus. Oh, if we slow down, it'll blow. If anyone tries to get off, it'll explode. Bullshit! Yeah, yeah there's a bomb. Some funny joke, man. Are we gonna have a problem now? All the shots, again, it's so hard to have actors act while you're on a, driving on a freeway, while you're going at speed on a freeway, while cameras are in there, where the, the sound people are hiding behind chairs and, and at the same time trying to, you know, keep tension in the sequence. So in this case, you know, the cameras in front of it, this is one of the buses where we had like, we call it actually the Pope Mobile, is, is, a, is we took the whole front of the bus off and, and had an encased plexiglass front that we had three cameras hanging from bungee cords so we could film the actors in front of the, you know, behind the steering wheel and Keanu standing there for most of the movie. Otherwise, it would have been totally impossible. And the reason we had to enclose the whole front, of course, with plexiglass is that we couldn't have any wind on the faces or we couldn't have any sound entering the bus that, that would totally dis uh, destroy the soundtrack. That's actually from the actual police uh, uh, building downtown, that helicopter taking off. See again, all this, this uh, the helicopters, everything has to be, had to be choreographed and, and you know, perfectly in time as all the traffic on the freeway, which was again our traffic. And of course, we had to film a lot of the stuff ahead of time, so we, we were able to play back all those sequences back on, on all the monitors that that Dennis Hopper uses, you know, for 
to really plan his the rest of his strategy. Of course, this guy is a big, famous news anchor at ABC News. It was really, really nice to work with, actually. Excuse me, ma'am. No, it's clean. Huh? All right, that's going to be under the bus, probably when we one of the actors. I can't get under the bus right now, Harry. It's kind of in motion. Excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on. Yes. Access panel. In the floor. So again, these are like this is again a different bus so that we also could take the action not only the bottom up, but really would be, have for the actor to be able to go down into it in a non-dangerous way. Okay, we got a wad, pretty big. There's a pretty big wad. Brass fittings. Brass fittings. I love this little scene where <laughs> Alan Ruck translates basically his his. Uh, the things that Kiana say. Of course, all leading up to the next uh, next part. Fuck me! Oh darn! <laughs> That's exactly right. Harry, there's enough C4 on this thing to put a hole in the world. Okay, all right, just stay, just stay calm. What else? Three triggers, one on the axle I can't really see, a cellular oh, remote, sir. and a timer running off a wristwatch. Watch? What kind of watch? Gold. Gold band, fairly cheesy. Officer? Officer? What's on your mind, Harry? Shit, what do I do? Officer! What do I do? What do I do? What do I, do? I mean, that whole use of that microphone, I said, was also a great idea. Actually, it was. You know, I think it was Sandy's idea to use the microphone to get his attention. That's one of the things that, that feels real, that, that a person would do. All those effects here, like this stunt, was like a really pretty, you know, pretty complex stunt, having the bus hit a vehicle and then without coming to a stop. And we had to do this several times because sometimes as a bus, when you hit a thing, you just stop. And then, you know, what are you going to do? And and my biggest problem was always to make sure that the bus keep went, you know, throughout the whole movie, kept at the same speed or higher, but never lower. The reality of it was when we were filming this scene, I was trying to hit those cars here, which, which actually, uh, you know, is a lot more difficult than you think it is. But the, the, every 25 feet or so, this bus came to a total stop because it didn't have enough power to really hit those cars constantly and, and not being, you know, not coming to a stop. And, it's really, all the tricks that you had to use, actually what you saw there was a camera on the outside of a bus, is like use many, many different camera tricks to make the speed constant. Sometimes the bus, like when it went around that half circle, that off ramp, I think the most it went was 25 miles an hour and to be able to keep it, to control it. And that means that you have to do all kind of camera tricks by camera motion specifically to kind of creates the, the feeling that the bus is still going f just over 50 and, and, and you undercrank the camera a little bit, but you have to be careful because if there's dialogue, you cannot do it. So you, quite often you use moving cameras and the slower the bus go and generally as a rule, the faster the camera has to move or create motion in front of the camera from the lens to distract from the reality what you would see on the screen so that it would never occur to an audience that Know, that this bus might be only going maybe 10 miles or 15 miles, and and that's what happened on a very regular basis. Four dynamite 
different trigger every time and now he throws in this watch. He's an encyclopedia of bombs, he knows every kind. Yeah, and everything we do to dismantle it. And these scenes, the scenes uh, cutting the cutbacks to Jeff Daniels, is also to, to create you know, a little bit, a few pauses for the audience because it's very hard to look at non-stop action unless you have the time to take a deep breath. And you really have to do that because you wouldn't be able to watch it for that long without getting totally exhausted. And I made a, you know, it was a matter of really carefully orchestrating those cutaways so that you really could have, a, could have a, like a climactic moment, cut back, and then go right back to the action. This is filmed in Long Beach, this sequence. It's like where the bus goes to the opposite side of the road. And again, you know, what are, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna say as, as when, you see, when you see those cars coming at you? And no writer can write it. And that's, you have to work with the actors to try to, to say something that, that makes sense, you know? And, 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 and this, it's really hard to achieve that. It's really hard to achieve some kind of realism there that, is, that, that, you, that you can believe in. Again, this is filmed in a real helicopter, no trick, no blue screen. It's the actor acting with a camera ship right next to it that could pan down to the real buses below, like happening from here on. So you really feel like it's, it's all connected. And it's very hard to do because the timing is so crucial and, and quite often you can have only have one chance at it. And it's, uh, but it really creates an enormous amount of energy and reality to this. This is, of course, like a nice little director strike as you suggest it's something horrible that's happening and and I say oh my god and only to see of course that there's no baby in there but like a million of empty soda cans but how do you react on on a scene like that as, a, as an actor and as an actress as a character so I had Sandy go totally go you know like freak out and insane because that's what you would do Of course, even on the, on, on the roads, on the, the LA streets, you know, once it went off the freeway, it's even more, even more difficult to suggest that a bus is going the same speed. And it's really, really, you know, like very, very hard to create that sense of, oh my God, it's still, it cannot stop. It's and again, like this, 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 if you see this, like many cameras always mounted on cars and on, on cameras inside cars, inside, and if you would look at carefully at this movie, there's quite a few moments where you see hidden cameras. But because we only had quite often one take to do it, we had no time to really totally camouflage about taking, uh, taking them out optically. Again, it's not one of those combination shots. So you really make, you know, makes it real. There's a real tension. It creates an enormous amount of tension. This thing I kind of made up because it wasn't in the script either, and I and I needed, you know, this is what re, what reality would be like. I thought it's like, how what would you do on a 90 degree turn? And and I always imagined that look, how cool it would be, how exciting it would be if you could see a bus on two wheels. And and it's when I talk to the special effects people, they say that's impossible, you know, and 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 we can't do that. We really have to. So now let's make a bus, and we figured out a way that as the bus would go through the corner is another it would lean against another car like a truck actually that would push it back onto the ground as it would come to a stop 
But this shot itself, if you look carefully at it, the bus was maybe going seven miles an hour. Here, this is seven miles an hour maximum, and this one too. But by, by the motion, you see by things in front of the camera, camera motion, it all makes it, all makes it look like it's keep going the same speed. And it is quite amazing that you have a shot, like maybe 20, 30 cuts, and they all are, uh, um, they all are done at different uh, bus speeds. And it looks like one continuous motion, which is really fantastic. Again, this is an empty freeway that we were lucky enough to use. And you know, there were some advantages and disadvantages to that using a freeway like that, because we knew that the freeway was going to be opened at a certain time. We had, we, they gave us six weeks that we were allowed to film on the freeway. But um, for, the, for the freeway to be opened, we had to promise and actually pay for as well for, all, uh, for, for the lines. We had to do all the painting of the roads. We had to put uh, in, in, in all, all the signage. For, for, for the city to open the, the freeway at the end of uh, our shooting, which was like, all of a sudden, we became almost like road builders here. But it was uh, fantastic that we could use that freeway though. It would have been impossible otherwise. Again, even this shot is moving. It's, uh, when the bus goes underneath the camera, which is like a pretty tricky shot, is where it's on a crane, it's hanging from an arm, and, and, the, and that car is going like maybe 40 miles an hour. This bus is going a little faster. and. Hopefully nothing will go wrong as it all happens. And again, you can have one take, two takes max, and that's it. Could you do me, could you do me a favor and hold the wheel for me for a second? Hold the wheel. <laughs> Thank you. Ma'am, you did very well. Actually, you're incredible. I've never seen driving like that. Again, after all the tension, you need a scene again to relax a little bit. This is where we get to know a little bit more about Sandra, Sandra's character in the movie. But again, this is always filmed while we're still moving. No, f no tricks, no special effects outside. It's real locations outside. What do we do? Bomb the guy's country or something? No, it's just a guy who wants money. And this is sets up a, the, their relationship a little bit because ultimately, what we had to achieve is that that there's, you know, he's ultimately starts to get very attracted by by her, and it is like. It needs time to be able to set it up. Although in reality, of course, it's very, very hard. In, in, in this movie, it's almost real time that you have a relationship develop within an hour that would end up in something like this. Then tomorrow we'll play another one. But I'm not available to drive tomorrow. Busy. We got no match for that description. No one's lost a thumb for at least the last 10 years. He could be from anywhere. Can't access all that. Forget the files. I want you to start going through the pension fund. This guy's drawing disability. He may not be LAPD, but he's living here now. I want pictures. I've seen this asshole. One of the ways, you know, to get to get, you know, because we use multiple cameras all the time, is 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 choreography. And every morning, basically, I had little toy cars that represented the bus, the, the cars around it, the police cars, the, the this big truck, the helicopters. And try to figure out to to the to, and tell everybody, including the, the stunt drivers, the special effects people, the stunt coordinator, where everybody had to be at a given time, and that was the only way for everybody to understand it. Because otherwise, it is so difficult. Because we had so much going on on a constant basis that 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 was the clearest way to express to everybody to really 
you know, and understand right away without much time delay where, where to be and what to, what to do at a, any given time. How's he doing? Bleeding his last fellow. Are they going to help us? Sure they are. They're the police. Hey, your taxes are paying their salary. We die, they got to take a pay cut. <laughs> I mean, you, you know. Yeah, I think we have trust. But it looks on TV like... I mean, of course, uh, it's kind of amazing that, that and if you think back about if I think back about this movie, it's not much later, not much after this movie happened and was done, it's that the whole, you know, that car chasing on the freeway became almost like a reality, and, and, and car chases were on, 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 every, on the evening news on almost a constant basis, and though, of course, the O.J. Simpson thing happened as well, and it was kind of insane this kind of interactive TV thing what what Dennis Hopper talks about is that turned out to be to become reality and and, and and on a daily basis people could watch the thing and the people inside those vehicles could react to it they would talk to news people they would talk to um, cops while they were driving using telephones very much like it was as portrayed in this movie but I had no idea that this ultimately was going to happen like that that that, that society would change so quickly and and that car chases becomes like became like a norm of the day. In reality, it's like you know, you know. The, my biggest problem with us, if you're a, if you're sitting on this bus and you cannot slow down, you want to get off, you know. And and one of the things I wish I would have done in this in this particular scene, I wish I would have had everybody storm to the front and trying to get off, or try to to break open the rear door and try to get off, and so that you really got more a sense of an urgency and I sometimes when you make movies you have so little time to to think about everything because you have to move on on a non-stop basis you have to make a million decisions at any given time especially on a movie like this that it never occurred to me to do that and of course it wasn't in the script either but I still would have thought that would have been much better again this thing those scenes you have to shoot with multiple cameras all the time because there's no way you can redo it it would be it would take a whole day to do a little scene like that. And in reality, we only had a few hours to do scenes like that. That's why the, the whole choreography was so incredibly important. That everybody knew exactly what to do at any given time. Actually, this this scene, I always had, you know, I wanted to make this a little bit different. I had storyboarded this whole scene too, and I wanted to make this explosion slightly bigger. Where when Dennis pushes the button and he's gonna this this his interactive uh, TV thing, you know, it's like I wanted to really see how this the the the, the, the stairs fall away below her feet, and obviously that was a dummy. Um, and we never were able to do it because we really were we were able not able to blow up enough of the bus that would have a lot of impact without really damaging the bus dramatically. But it's, I think I mean it was it's a great dramatic moment though is that that so that the reason I, you know I think that it, this movie needed that scene is that how impossible it was you know to that you couldn't get off you know you, anything. You could only do the things that Dennis told him to do. Anything else was out of the out of the was totally impossible. And that's really key to to you know to for for them to really understand and to also 
build the tension, you know, for the passengers. What, what are they going to do? It's the impossibility of it all. I can't be here. I was trying as much as possible, and, and, and you know, you cannot give every actor in the bus a passenger like a complete scene because the movie would be two and a half hours or more. But I still want to give just little vignettes that gave you a little bit of impression what those characters are about, so we could care for them. You know, they're real people. They react and their emotions, and they and they're fear. They they they're afraid of it. They're afraid of what's happening and what's going on and it's happening to them. Gets on my nerves. Gets on everybody's nerves. Oh yeah. Well, I think I have the right to be a little bit upset. What are you staring at anyway, man? Poke your nose in. Why don't you just let everybody die in peace if that's what's gonna happen? Huh? So you're a really tough guy, huh? You're really tough, huh, Gigantus? And in reality, it's like, you know, like uh, when I was asked if there were any deleted scenes I wanted to put back into the movie, and I said, oh, that might be a great idea. But then when I started thinking about it, actually there was very, very little that we filmed outside what is in the movie. I mean, we had planned this so carefully, and the whole movie had to be, you know, storyboarded and choreographed that... that you know, what you see is what you get. We didn't shoot any, any scene, big scene, the small scene that never ended up there. There was, I mean, there were a couple of scenes that we never filmed that, that I wasn't allowed to film because the studio thought was too expensive and within our budget restrictions, that would be impossible. But, but it's kind of amazing to see that, you know, because we all get so used of it to, to, to film scenes and if it's not good, you throw it out. But, and especially the movies that I photographed as a DP, there's always like, many, many scenes that you think, oh, they're great, and individually they're great, but quite often put together, they don't work. And and it is actually a statement, a fantastic achievement for the writers to only write those scenes that actually ended up in a movie. I mean, it's actually, this, that is quite an amazing, it's quite an achievement. And this idea, you know, like whole idea, how, how, what, what is the next big obstacle? And how can you build those obstacles? How can you go bigger every time? And then I thought about the idea of what happens if there's, you know, this is a new freeway, they're on a new freeway now, and how maybe it's not finished. And maybe there's, you know, because I had scouted a lot of locations, and maybe there's a hole in this freeway and bridges, because there's tons of bridges being built and they're not finished yet. And, and I asked the writers to integrate us into the movie and into the screenplay. and. It ultimately became one of the high points of the movie. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing. All of a sudden, decisions have to be made by the characters. You can't stop it. You can't slow down. You know, what and what are you going to do? And ultimately, Jack Yana's character then decides to know if we can go slower and we can go across. You know, maybe the only thing we can do is go over it. And and. Although when I told it to the studio, they said that's impossible. That's that's impossible. No, no bus can jump. Nothing can. They started to laugh about me, but I, I was pretty serious about it. I said this is really, I think the ideal, you know, the, the great, really climactic moment on the freeway. We have to have something that is really big, that is really big, and also scary in a way. And I'm, I'm it was big. I mean, not like a big, big effect, but like like big emotional scene. It's like that whole uh, them realizing that 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 there's this might be the end coming on.
And this gave also that gives you know this yeah I had to create moments where the audience and 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 especially the passengers would react and this this is a scene this this of course this this whole idea of this unfinished freeway is like absolutely the right moment. This is where the music really also kicks in, and the music throughout, you know, I think is absolutely fantastic, and 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 has been used later for many many previews for other movies. It's like Mike Mancina did an amazing job in 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 getting to the heart of the scene, what is really important, and 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 he was holding back where it really needed to be driven, and where there's already so much going on that the music didn't have to enhance it. It only got to the foreground and exactly the same, the right level, the right tempo, and not too bombastic, that it was really, really, really enhanced the scene dramatically. It's still quiet, and then this, especially this little moment where we see, where we reveal basically the gap in the freeway and the bridge. Um, when we were shooting this, when we were do, did this movie, I mean, Computer effects were really, really at the very, very beginning, and this shot particularly had nobody ever done this, and and especially because it was filmed from a helicopter, meaning you had to deal with five different axes: the height, the panning, the tilting, the zooming, and none of this had ever, none of the effects companies had ever done a shot even close to that that complex. And it is the most expensive shot in the movie, but at the same time, it is the shot that really sets up the whole sequence, and 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 they did an amazing job, and and to hide the, 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 the digital effect a little bit. I had him put in some fake fake birds to really make it like you see some in the background too, to make it look a little bit more real and bring some life into the into the background effect. This whole thing, you know, the effect itself, you know, we had this bus built, you know, we had to take every weight all the way down to make it as light as possible because this bus was never gonna go that fast. So we we finally we had to build a ramp, and we had the stunt driver. And on the very first take, he missed the missed the ramp and crashed the bus. And then, and I was never able to tell the studio because we only had one chance to do this. And the second time, we we, we finally got the, two days later another bus, did it again, and the driver hit it perfectly in time. And and although the effects people said this is only going to go like 20, 30 feet max, that those buses can't jump. I cannot do it. Can't do it. I had placed all my cameras accordingly, like at that distance. And when it really happened, the bus flew over all cameras, landed on top of a camera, two cameras that I had put further away, totally destroyed the camera. And thank God there was one camera left that I had put at 90 feet that cat caught the landing because otherwise there would have been nothing there. And it was like amazing how this bus actually did make this jump and, and did fly over this gap. To create the, the, something else we had to do is to be able to show the, the passenger's reaction to that to the landing, I had to jump it again with the passengers inside. But of course, it wasn't a real jump, but it was like a, we jumped over something eight inches high. But it's amazing if you go that even eight inches, what an amazing impact it has on a, on a big, big structure like a bus. And even, I mean, even the axes were pretty shaken by it. They, had, uh, they, they thought it was fun because it felt like a roller coaster ride, but it was like, amazingly effective way to really uh, create uh, the, the, the idea that they were there present when the bus landed. Again, also this idea of LEX. In the original script, the bus was going to go to Dodger Stadium and was going to go around the park lo parking lot in circles. And I thought, God, that's going to be so boring, you know? What, it, what can you possibly do at Dodger Stadium? 
that's any interesting. And then I got the idea of, of uh, LAX because I thought, what happens if they just go in around the runways in circles? That's like a perfect way. It's a perfect road, no cars around. And they ha they were building, again, lucky enough for us, like a new section of a runway that, that wasn't in use yet. So the, 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 the LAX was extremely cooperative and let us film there. And when I, the reason I was thinking about LAX, because you could create all kinds of new dilemmas for them. Like for instance, this shot, the timing of the bus going right at the moment, crossing right at the moment that a big 747 takes off. And I needed a constant new energy, you know, from, from freeway, airport, I couldn't let go and had to be relentlessly going on with creating new trouble, new problems and new types of, 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 of things they had to deal with. And again, like, like, for instance, like putting things like that, like the plane on the foreground, you increase the speed almost by 50% if you move the camera the same direction. And, and, and because in reality, of course, those buses cannot constantly go 50 miles an hour, like I said before. Well, I want money, Jack. I wish uh, that I had some loftier purpose, but uh, I'm afraid in the end, it's just the money, Jack. I would like... Uh, Large, uh, non-sequential bills in two clear plastic bags, unmarked. Can you remember all that? What are you telling me for? Again, uh, this is also, you know, was always, this is, uh, this Dennis's set was actually in the studio, but um, all the shots at the airport, again, are always moving. I mean, the bus is always moving. It's a constant, no effect shot again. It's like always, you see outside the windows, you see the constant danger there. I know you want a shitload of money you didn't earn. Oh, I earned it. I spent my life earning it. I got a medal too, Jack. A medal and a pink slip and a sorry about your hand. You have to let me off. Of course, this was, in reality, this was like one of the other many buses because the bus that we used, you know, for the, for the big jump and the landing got totally destroyed on the landing. And I had the camouflage, of course, that it came to an instant stop after the landing, but... Uh, and it was totally as a total loss. So we had to basically, you know, that there was one of the 13 buses. We actually, I think we crashed two for that giant jump for the big leap. Nothing tricky now. You know that I'm on top of you. Do not attempt to grow a brain. Again, constant those images on the TV always had to be filmed way before so we could play, play those things back. Could be. He's letting me off. What? Just keep circling, you'll be fine. Everybody sit tight, I'm getting off for a minute. Do you think that's a good idea? It'll be okay. Please. What, are you just gonna leave us here? I would. <laughs> I would, I would too, probably myself, that's for sure. Actually, Sandy did, I remember now that Sandy did, this is actually really fun. It looks dangerous, look like it's energetic, but it's really easy to do. I mean, I wouldn't suggest to anybody to go ahead and do it, but it is fun for actors that they know they can do those particular stunts themselves without any danger. But I remember Sandy driving actually the bus in some of those scenes on the airport because she, she, she was trying to get her driver license for buses. and. And uh, so we got in, couple, in trouble a couple of times when either the turn was too too wide or too too tight, and he drove off a lot of of our cones and lights that we had placed around this uh, around the tarmac. 
I mean, it's a helicopter shot. It's like, you know, a lot of the things that, in reality, the shot went all the way to a close-up. And uh, it's like always putting the bus in context to the outside world. It's never isolated. It's always like using the exterior and the interior combined. This this next thing is like a really, you know, I think one of my favorite scenes. And this, this was, I mean, stunt-wise, also one of the most dangerous scenes to go under the bus on this little car because, you know, I was, everybody was, of course, totally afraid that, that something would, you know, would happen to the tires, the tire, little tires would break and, 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 and would blow and, and would, you know, we would have an accident. But, of course, we wired, even the stunt people who actually are on this vehicle, now, with Keanu, we only let him do this thing, and after it gets loosened, it's, he's replaced by a stuntman. It was like a really tricky situation, and we had to race the bus. We had to get, an, this was another bus we had to use from now on, that was much higher off the ground, because a regular bus, this would never fit. So we had to create a new bus that was much higher, that you were, where you were actually would be able to go underneath it. But always constantly creating new problems. You know that, that something is going to ro go wrong with that cable. And especially also with the tires of this bus, because we've seen those tires being punctured when it entered the freeway. But again, always combination shots. Sh show the real danger. Don't go so close that you never know where you are. And Keanu, like the, those scenes, he was totally wired off, so he could never get underneath the tires, uh, if he, even if he wanted to. See this? This he's actually this. Um, this is the real, uh, actually the race bus again, and he's hanging on, you know, on the wires attached to the bottom of the bus. So even if anything would happen to the little dolly he's on, not, he could nothing could happen to him. And uh, and the wires, of course, we we kind of painted out so you can't see him. But uh, it was oh, this was movie. Had, this sequence had to be so carefully storyboarded because of the danger involved, all the effects involved that. Uh, and in generally, you know, 80% of the movie I think I storyboarded, and but this is the one that I had to follow closely to what I what I did on paper because we couldn't change. It was like too tricky and too too dangerous for anybody involved, stunt per stunt people, stunt coordinators, effects to you know to make any mistake. But it's to me it's one of the it's, it's, I like the scene a lot because it is like. The whole idea of you know, going sitting under this bus, driving on the on a on a on so many things can go wrong. The cable, anything can go wrong with the bus. You can go under the tire. It's like danger from every direction, and it feels so real. And Keanu initially wanted to do, of course, everything himself, but I had to really, you know, I had to have the stunt person, his stunt double, do all the dangerous stuff. And of course, that's the, that's where it all started to happen. And this is like, you know, again, we filmed with many cameras because a lot of the things you can't really, just for anybody's sake, you could only do one time. And this is a stunt double. This, of course, Keanu. And. 
the hardest part was for me again to keep keep that all you know like it's the same speed that we're not slowing down because certain scenes like you know this you couldn't do that at full speed but just like those shots where you have the stunt double in front of the tire again you know it looks very dangerous i was able to make it look dangerous but, but in reality everything was cabled off and and and, and no way that Dolly would ever let go or because it was all attached to the same vehicle. But I like this scene a lot. It's, it looks so real to me. It's like, you know, I think everybody has the nightmares of getting under under a car, under a tire, under... I one time myself, I remember it so well when I was a child, fell out of my dad's car and we were crossing a bridge and I fell against the railing of the bridge and rolled back under the car right in the midst and, and the car went over it. It didn't go fast, but you know, for I know for the rest of my life this this, this image stick with me you know, will stick with me forever. And then that I that's why I could so identify with the scene and I was able to kind of portray some of the things I felt and and, 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 and kind of use it in a way that it creates the same type of tension. It is it a real? That's obviously Keanu again. But but you know it's it's really tough. I have an incredible amount of respect for Keanu to do all this stuff, even although he's wired off. You know, must exercise. Screw it. You do it yourself. You know, which you know I always try to do myself. You know, I try to show it that way. But it 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 you need to be gutsy to really act and do and 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 and, and be aware of all those different things you have to do for the camera. And 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 go on top of that thing, you know. And he totally remains in character. That's that's I think you know that's what I really liked about him so well. Again, just trying to just release attention right away. The moment you've, you know, you went, you, you have reached a kind of climactic scene, you have to instantly release it so you can build up to the next dramatic moment. That's very gross, Ortiz. Uh, can't even pay him a compliment. How you doing? Get the shit out of me, Jack. I thought it was a great reaction of Sandra to do that. I mean, because that's probably what you would do, you know? It's not like instead of a verbal, you know, Reaction is like you would probably hit a person. You would be upset with him. What, you felt you needed another challenge or something? Mac. Mac here, go ahead. Can you get a fuel truck to pace us here? We're losing gas. I'll see what I can find. How much time? I don't know, 10 minutes? It doesn't look good. Gotcha. Norwood, get a fuel car out here on the double. Right. You, you put those things, the reason that he says 10 minutes is that you try to get ticking clocks in there that the audience can actually, oh my God, they only have that much, that many minutes. And in reality, of course, they're going to have even less than that. And it, it is tricks you use as a director to really build tension. This is a scene I was talking about earlier about uh, Jeff Daniels when he go, is inside the house and and he triggers the, you know, the alarm and he knows this is, this is it, this is the end. It's like an amazing... Amazing expression on his face. 
Again, the house we picked was a house really close to the airport, so that in the widest shot at the end, you could see how everything was related. Again, that's where we used uh, our real SWAT guys and, and let them show exactly how they would enter the building, how what they would do, what they would say, what they would react, what they would react to. This is it. That's amazing. That's like really hard. It's amazing. It's very hard to do. Again, of course, you have one take to do this explosion. This is all. This is a real house. We didn't. It was amazing how little damage we did to the house. If you look at it, you think we blew the whole house up, but. The people that live there live there again. It's just like uh, put fake walls in front of the old walls and 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 fake windows and and and, and use a lot of effects to create a lot of debris. This is the very first time. Actually, this is a really key scene. This is the very first time in the movie where Keanu, his who has downplayed most most of the movie, really had to emotionally break down. And it was like a very hard thing for him to do, and I think for every actor. And it really, really is, you know, we worked on this for a long time, and and, and when it's, we finally were shooting this sequence, and, 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 and we saw his reaction, and the passengers in the bus actually did hear his reaction. They, they almost were scared by it, because they felt it was so real. They got really, it's amazing to watch the, the, the the passengers, the extras in the bus react to Keanu's performance was quite, quite, quite brilliant, I think. Now you tell them that the drop point is Pershing Square. There's a garbage can in the northeast corner. You drop the bags and leave. I don't show until all your people are gone. It's getting on to 11 a.m., Jazz. And I think it's going to be a very pretty day. <laughs> This is it. This is the moment I was talking about. Character was was able to keep his cool throughout most of the movie. Finally, finally, finally breaks down. It was like amazing uh, performance. And Sandra was really helpful to get the actor there because it's like it's a it's 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 a play between actors. You both they both have to believe in it, and and actors can really help each other dramatically in scenes like this. We're gonna die. No, we're not. We got this far. Because this is also the moment where he discovers how the whole interactive system really worked with uh, Dennis. I said there's a TV camera somewhere in the bus. You go to the University of Arizona? Yeah, so? Good football team. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know. Arizona Wildcats. Right? He can see you. What? He can see you. 
So always as a director, you really always wonder, you know, how you know how do you keep the audience's attention, you know? And thrillers is it's it's one thing, but in an action movie, you have you have to keep constantly keep up with with new energy and new moments that that really can excite the audience and. You know, when I go to see movies like that, I want to be entertained too. And I want to see some things that I haven't seen yet. And I want to be really entertained. And I can totally understand why, why you know, why audiences like movies like this. And I like it myself too. And I think it's really, you know, great to make this type of movies. I'm not saying it's the only type of movies you, people should watch or should make. But it is definitely something that is part of this culture and that will never... It's basically... These type of movies are, for me, like the modern version of Westerns. It's, it's basically the same type of stories. It's nothing different. It's just different visuals and different tension. Just over my left shoulder. I want you to stare straight ahead. Don't make any big movements, okay? It's Jack. Yeah, I know about Harry. Is that news van still around? Get those cameras to stop taking. Right. LAPD, I need this unit. Now, you can broadcast your UHF, right? Yeah, sure. There's a signal going to that bus. I want you to find it. I love that idea that, you know, we're so wired, uh, the whole world is so wired these days. That whole idea of interactive TV, it was so timely, and so actually by the, it gets more timely by the week as we actually, society continues on. But I think it's amazing how how all those things, cameras and live cameras, can influ influence our life so much these days. And, and I really use that to, you know, I think in a really amazing way, so that not only the bad guys use it, but the good guys use it in similar fashion. Enough time. Run the tape. We have to unload. I, uh, I only have a minute of tape. Do it now. I want you to make a tape and loop it so that it runs over and over, okay? All right, run it. Run it! All right, tape's rolling. Simple devices are quite often the, the best solutions. Like, like, you know, it's not the, the ordinary installation of a video camera in a bus, which is actually something that a lot of buses use anyway. This was a really, actually, really smart thing to do of uh, Dennis Hopper's character, and and I like it that things remain relatively simple, you know. The simpler effects are always the better ones. Like this, this, this sequence where everybody has to, again, move from one bus to the other. It's look, you know, it looks like really dangerous and, 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 and but it is, you know, for the actors, you know, exciting and fun to do, but it is, you know, what I really like about it is that, that it is, it feels real, you know, like this is, this is what you would imagine you could do, you know, how do you get people off a bus? I guess, well, try to get a bus next to it, put a board in between and let them walk across, you know. But of course, it wouldn't be me if I wouldn't create another kind of tr uh, problem at the very end of this with Alan Ruck's character. Come on. 
At the same time, this looks so simple, trying to get two buses side by side, exactly the same speed so that board wouldn't fall down. And in reality, it was really tough. You know, it was really hard to keep it exactly constant and really make that board relatively safe for people to walk across. I mean, again, you know, we had wires and things like that, but that's not always the best solution. That's a stuntman, obviously. And if you look, you could see actually some of the wiring that was holding the stunt double to the bus. It's right in, in hindsight, I see there's still some wires that we were never able to take out. The next uh, part of the scene, you know, again, uh, what what else you could come up with? And then I thought, you know, I uh, this uh, this movie about LA wouldn't be a movie about LA if it wouldn't be either a surfboard or skateboard in it. And I, so I got the idea to to have him basically surf out of this bus, use a board, open the, the center of the bus, get on the board, and 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 kind of slide underneath it, which is kind of a, you know, in reality. I don't know if anybody knows LA exactly, but the, the, this runway is right next to the beach. And, and that's how I got this whole idea of uh, a surfboard, using this, this panel as a surfboard. And it's like a quite spectacular way, and to, at the same time, relatively simple, to, to, to f finalize this sequence. In reality, of course, the board, you know, when we did the real stunt, we had tiny little wheels under the board so it would slide for a long time. There they go. That's stunt doubles, and this is stunt doubles, and this is the real couple. And they went at pretty high speed, you know, it was really amazing. We, you know, we kind of launched them, and that was a really great effect, very satisfying end to the sequence. Um, again, of course, uh, the, the, this, I mean, the, the bus needed an ending too. And how, you know, how could you create a great ending for that character? And um, I was thinking about, you know, buying this plane. It's an old freight plane, empty plane. And, and, and basically, it's, it's, it was like a perfect ending for the bus to go into this old thing that would go to the salvage army, the salvage uh, yard anyway. The scene itself is quite amazing how to do this because obviously nobody was in either plane or bus. So as the, the plane was moving forward, it was at the same time pulling through a very intricate cable system. It was pulling the bus into itself, into its body, because there was the t that was the only way we could time it. And because the plane was full of heavy explosives and nobody could be around, we had the, made a system that the bus could be pulled into the plane by the plane itself. And again, as you saw a little bit earlier, I created a different explosion actually on the airport where all the passengers were, because this scene, of course, wasn't shot at LAX, it was somewhere in the desert on a uh, on a old runway. To see the explosion, you know, in the in the, in the windows of the bus, and so I could see the reaction of the passengers inside. There's a lot of details that uh, the, movie's always, the movie always goes too, almost too fast, fast even for me to be able to point a lot of the details out. But there's tons of details in this movie that are quite, quite unique in a way. Is that mine? <laughs> oh, 
hope not, because, you know, relationships that start under intense circumstances, they never last. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've done extensive studying on this. Here comes the cavalry. This plane, I think, we bought the whole plane for, I think, $80,000. It's amazing that you actually can buy those old planes. Obviously, they cannot fly anymore, but it, make, it looks real enough to suggest that it is still kind of a functioning plane. I also want to make sure that, that, that the audience could see that it was a freight plane. I mean, of course, the lettering says so, the graphics on the side of the plane, because I want to make sure I don't, didn't, never want the audience to think that we would blow up real planeless people on board. That was, they would have achieved exactly the opposite of what I wanted to achieve. It had to be an amazing solution, an amazing end to the sequence, but at the same time, it had to be innocent and, 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 and I didn't, and wanted to make sure that nobody got killed in it, that, because uh, that would be like, would, okay, uh, would achieve exactly the opposite effect of what I wanted to do. Again, running cameras. This is also like a pretty cool shot where you, cars, it's all in one, where the cameras are falling really low with a, a steady cam mode to create lots of energy within the sequence. This is downtown LA. But, you know, after all this, you know, what, you know, this is how, what, what do you do? You know, what do you go after having been in this bus for so long? How could you possibly top this? You know, what would you, you know, what could you film that is more exciting than this whole long, gigantic bus sequence. The writers always had thought about, you know, ending the bus, the sequence in, into, in, 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 in the subway in LA, but, but it was not a really ending. And then I was one time walking on Hollywood Boulevard and they were building the subway system, you know, uh, on the, on, uh, over the whole length of Hollywood Boulevard. And I thought maybe it would be fantastic if you actually would let this whole sequence take place on a on a subway train and and and, and ultimately at the very end of the movie the su the subway would shoot out of the out of the underground area and land up, land up in front of the chinese theater i thought it was like a you know when i told it again to the studio initially they think you they always think you're crazy and and they think it's way over the top but no actually that would really make sense you know because if this Subway's not finished, and, and the tracks are not finished. That's probably the only way it could possibly go. This is where he, of course, realizes that he's been screwed all along, that, that he's been tricked, and that, uh, his, that Keanu is actually, Keanu's character is a lot smarter than he thinks he was. He's still a really good-looking guy, Dennis Hopper. He's, <laughs> he's a good friend, too, and it's, it's amazing. Always, always, he always makes me laugh when I see him. It's a, f it's a funny twinkle in his eye that is so attractive. 
He's a good bad guy. We got 200 eyes on that can. A bird dog in the bag, I'd say he's covered. And this is actually this is this is the actual area in LA where they're building the, you know, where the subway accesses are and entrances are and emergency exits. So logistically, I mean and, and choreographically, it all makes sense where the movie takes place. This was a little tricky, you know. This, although these were all stunt drivers, but you know, you never know. And I was really worried because I said, no, "I really want to do it myself because I have to show it. I have to." This is, and thank God, nothing happened. But that was like was not necessary. I felt. I mean, not necessary for him to do it himself. That could have been done with a stunt double. But uh, thank God, it worked great. Pop quiz, asshole. You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? The idea was to create the the, the, the feeling that initially he thinks he's, he's got Dennis Hopper there, but and I, I I wasn't I felt myself that I was never quite successful in, in making that come across. You know, I always felt that right away the audience would know it's her. It's one of the things I wish we could have I could have changed a little bit, but that's the way it goes. Prepared. <laughs> the boy's got my What are you gonna do, Jack? I don't think you can shoot her. Let her go. No, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Fill it. Now. Well, I think Harry would be very disappointed, feeling that we're right back where we started, huh? Let her go. You don't need her. You have the money. Take it and walk. Come on. Just take it it's amazing that that uh, Dennis was able to pull this off and 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 be threatening and at the same time kind of reverent about it all. You still don't get it, do you, Jack? Huh? The beauty. His corkiness that came out so well in this whole movie. That's its meaning, its purpose. Your life is empty because you spend it trying to stop the bomb from becoming. And for who? For what? Do you know what a bomb is, Jack, that doesn't explode? It is a cheap gold watch, buddy. <laughs> You're crazy. You're fucking crazy. Oh, no. Poor people are crazy, Jack. I'm eccentric. <laughs> Get the money. Let's well, go. that's exactly what Dennis is. He's eccentric. You know, of course, you're always tempted when you see a sequence like this, you know, and thinking back at the beginning of the movie where he shot Jeff Daniels in the leg, will he do the same thing again? But of course, you know, I didn't want that to happen. Of course, you'd never want to repeat yourself anyway, but, and he couldn't shoot her, period. Are these seats taken? Come on, back over here. Hands around the phone. And more and more, Dennis develops this kind of crazy, lunatic quality to him. Mm. 
this is of course relocation. This is the actual stations at LA uh, subway downtown. Although we did add, I think, a few uh, colorful fluorescents, but most of them are there. It's amazing actually how those stations look like. They're pretty cool. Um, this is, uh, you know, we have, of course, this is a this big fight sequence that ultimately later develops on, on, on top of this, sub, of this subway car. That's the one thing we could not do in the tunnels. Everything else is filmed in those tunnels, but that was just too dangerous. The tunnels were just too low, and the, 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 the risk factor was too high that he actually could hit the ceiling. It's Richard Schiff now being a big star in West Wing. Maybe no. you better let me have this after all. No. I'm afraid you're a bit hysterical, no. No. and you might let this go a mite early. Hey, hey, buckaroo. It's not because you're a woman, all right? <laughs> hey, it's all right. Looks like we're all alone. Look, you won. Okay, this is all, of course, in the real subway. But we only had a very small section of track, which we had to go back and forth a million times. I remember to... To, to get the secrets done. That's where they'll come, but that's not where I'll be. I have a different plan. Mess like that, they don't even count body parts. Gives me more time. It's not gonna hurt any. This this section is, is actually in the studio and was against the rear projection. I mean, it turned out okay. I mean, it's not the ideal solution, you know, but it is for our, you know, what we could do, what we were able to achieve is, is pretty effective. He's so persistent, he always gets his man. Wouldn't be able to interest you in a bribe, would I? I've got the plenty to go around. Actually, this is, this is what would happen, you know, they would taint uh, the money with pain. That's one of those, they put a paint bomb in uh, in situations like that. It's really, it's really going insane now. So this, this is, you know, of course, these are real play, uh, the real tunnel shots, and we're gonna have a couple of uh, miniature shots actually in this sequence as well. It's always hard to choreograph a fight, you know, especially a fight that has like really very restricted space and. And, and make it believable and, and, and so that people don't fall off and, and become silly. But I think we just were able in that limited space that we had to make like a, a 
pretty realistic uh, looking fight scene. Again, you camouflage a lot of the effects, you know, the, the, with with having a handheld camera, so that your attention doesn't always go, and doesn't always focus on 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 the effect itself, the plates. For this thing, actually, we had to make a. a of course, there was a dummy, with an, uh, a replica of Dennis's hat, and it was like amazing thing to see Dennis uh, uh, the, 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 the dummy itself looks so real that it was almost too scared I, mean, I didn't feel I wasn't able to use the real impact shot because it was too realistic looking and I went just more for the for the effect itself for the drop from the backside of course now they realize you cannot get those the handcuffs off as always, one situation is over, taken care of. Instantly, the next one is there, right in his face. can you hear me? Try the emergency brake. Annie, you won't believe this. We have to jump. Can't stop it. Willem, okay, well, undo me and I'd love to go with you. Come on, please. I, don't have I really like the way Keanu reacts here and his emotions come across. It's really, it's very, uh, it's, it's very direct, but it's also at the same time, it's very uh, real. It feels like there's no acting there. As as the as the, this whole situation, you know, I had to make it come to an end. So as I earlier said, this is when I got the idea to have it come out of uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. Obviously, we could not use real trains for that, and we start using miniatures again. And uh, I like miniatures. Uh, miniatures are, you know, if you if you build an amazing miniature, great quality miniature, you're gonna have create be able to be able to create a much more realistic image as with almost any computer-generated shot. I mean, it's like, uh, first of all, it's like you have to, I mean, it has to, of course, the, the miniature has to be of a pretty good size, but if you do it right, it looks so incredible real. It's something that you can never, never duplicate in a, on, a, on a CG, the uh, uh, computer effect shot. this little scene it's really simple I direct hold back no over-the-top reactions or emotions just feels pure and now we're gonna get a little bit you know this is actually one of the stations we were building in LA so that's what it actually really looked like and 
what is the distance that is like that's like a miniature shots. This is a miniature shot. That's a miniature shot. But as you can see, they look really much more real as they, they're out of focus. There's a roughness to it. This is all, everything from now on is like, it's amazing miniatures that, that were made for this movie that look so real and so like, and had a mass to it that really felt like it's all the, everything flying, the dust, the debris. It's very hard to replicate that in, in, in any computer effect shots. And this is feel, feel like it's, this like it feels like it really has happened. I mean, of course, you're still limited because those 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 sets are still like because the whole set had to be miniature too, and not just a train. This is as a, a as a painting, a matte painting, and this is all miniature again. And this is actually a bus being driven out at full speed, with the with the surroundings of a of that subway car built around the bus. And almost like a jump, you know, similar, almost like a duplicate of the earlier jump with the wheel bus as it, uh, as it crashes down into Hollywood Boulevard. Of course, it's number 13. And there's the, the Grandman Chinese Theater. I remember so well the day when 2001 came out and I went to London to see the movie. I was so blown away by it. At the time, that movie was totally, you know, the critics hated it. Everybody hated it. And said there was going to be a disaster and then but I thought it was like one of the most amazing pieces of filmmaking filmmaking I'd ever seen and and since that movie I've been and become such an amazing like an enormous fan of Kubrick that when I made this movie I promised myself I should try in every movie I do to make a little bit of a tribute to him you know and I was able in every movie that I've made so far there's always something of him in there and of course, this was the most clear one, landing in front of the reissue of the 2001 movie in the Chinese theater. We'll have to base it on sex then. Whatever you say, ma'am. <laughs> but this scene, of course, was all, you know, that all the effects were very carefully storyboarded and choreographed because, you know, it's, it's again, you can do this one time, that's it, you know, you have to, and, and hopefully it works in the very first take. And you use multiple cameras and multiple, you know, plate cameras, but there's, there's no choice. So it's all, all a matter of really careful pre-production, planning, choreography, and having like a fantastic specialist around you, you know, like we had fantastic stunt coordinators, effects coordinators, miniature builders, but a fantastic crew. I was amazed we were able to get this uh, Hollywood Boulevard that we could get it to stop for the sequence, you know. They were very cooperative, the, the Hollywood uh, City Council. I can only talk for myself, you know, I would have trouble, major trouble to watch the movie now that would have a terrorist plot and, and where you would see major damage being, you know, happen to his city or to to buildings or to people, and I would have trouble watching that. And I think, I don't. I think that that uh, studios are going to be really smart as well to 
try to avoid that. I mean, and they're going to try to find this a million type of different movies we will be able to make and that we still can make action movies. It doesn't mean the end of action movies. Not at all. I think there's ways to make a movie that's because we need to be, we need to entertain people. I mean that's the reason we make movies is it to entertain audiences. And audiences would like to be entertained. They want to go to movies that for a couple of hours takes them sometimes out of reality into into something that is expe- that is exciting, that is suspenseful, that has tension, that has humor. That's we need that. That's that's our culture. That's and that is also you know our freedom that we have is that we can do that whenever we want to. And and I think we're still going to be able to find plenty of scripts and plenty of ideas that writers can come up with that you know will will come up with new ideas for you know for stories that will be exciting without those elements in it. Of course, at on the, on, in the short term, of course, like. A lot of those projects that are in the works right now will have to be either postponed or or cancelled or are you know or or adapted and and actually my own company have you know we have several projects that do involve you know not necessarily terrorists but involve either airplanes and and explosives that would be really tough to film right now and I think it's uh, and I'm sure that every director you know is sensitive to this i cannot imagine actually anybody who you know any director or producer or, or studio that would want to make a movie that has any of those elements in it right now i think it's it's not so much that it's only it's not only insensitive to 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 what's going on but it's also insensitive from the, from from their own point of view their, and their own their own feelings i cannot imagine that it would happen Well, that's the movie. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, each time I see it, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen it back actually in a long time. It's nice to stay away from it and look at it with fresh eyes. It's kind of, I'm quite amazed actually how much we were able to achieve in, 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 in a relatively short time, you know, by, by really simply preparing it very carefully, you know, getting the right people in front and behind the camera and, and really do your homework.